Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Genius. I had the mute on. Let's dance. All right. Ah. Cool, cool with me starting to record? Yeah. Three, two, TPC 116 with my buddy, Paul Wickcomb. What, what's today? Man, I really need to start writing down the date. I think June 16th? All day, my brother. June 16th, 2020, 429 p.m. Eastern Time, TBC 116 with Paul Wickcomb. As of this morning, so apparently it's not nearly as bad as, well, I don't actually know. I haven't checked the news. But I woke up this morning, and because I'm a technology-addicted millennial, I, you know, in the 30 seconds I went to the restroom, I checked my phone, and I saw that North Korea had bombed something in South Korea. And so the first thing I did was make sure that, like, thermonuclear war hadn't kicked off. And I realized that I didn't need to look on my phone for that because the fact I was alive said it, I didn't, that didn't happen. I saw it was, like, a liaison office, and that was it. I think I texted you, and I think I texted yes. the Delta Force guy. <laughs> and mm-hmm. text Paul so we can talk about it today. Text Dale in case shit hits the fan. And um, go back to sleep. I woke up and my other friend texted me and he was like, uh, you hear what happened? I was like, yeah, did North Korea bomb South Korea? He was like, what? No, they blew up something of their own. So now, after that little rant, I don't actually know what happened and I've kind of unplugged from the news because it's been seemingly so negative for the past three weeks that I don't actually know what happened. So uh, I'll stop word vomiting and uh, I'll let you have a you have a chance to talk. Well, when we talked this morning, I, there were like three things that were s- super concerning in the news. The first was the North Korea situation. The second was the China-India situation. And the third being China is shutting down schools and universities in Beijing again because of a new wave of the coronavirus. Okay. So it's just like the 2019, I mean, 2020 is just it's getting worse every day. It. I, th- I think this is going to be a year-long phenomena. I think 2020... I don't think 2020 is a tease. I think it came in here to fuck us for a whole 12 months. <laughs> That's what I think, man. It's... it's. But, it, I mean... Makes... I mean, everyone kind of knew there'd be a second wave. I mean, right. but how predictable was the second wave in the United States? And I'm not not even talking about for or against BLM protests or riots or what, what did happen at George Floyd. I'm not going into any of those details or the political right. trenches that have already been drawn, which are drawn for everything now. I'm just talking about hu- humans not socially isolated or socially distancing. How predictable was that? And it's happening. Everyone's recording record highs now. Like I just got off the phone with a client in Atlanta uh-huh. who said that she, her daughter went to an emergency care, one of those now care places, mm-hmm. and there were 100 people in line. Oh, Jesus. All to be tested for corona. Oh, Jesus. So yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not a good thing. Man, it's not a good thing at all. And, uh, I, we're, we may be headed back into another wave of, of shutdowns and lockdowns and all that stuff. I, I can, which is still not over here in Illinois. No, it's, I mean, here in Maryland, uh, I think that they are just, I think our gym is opening Friday. 
which has been yeah. closed since March 7th. So it's only open here if you have a personal trainer. So the wealthy people can go, <laughs> but the rest of us, we can't. So the wealthy stay healthy, as it, as is the time-honored human tradition. <laughs> Hey, uh, that got got. Yeah, those that don't don't, and that's the way it's always been. Yeah, you have it, you got it, and if you don't, you won't. But yeah, man, it uh. So, what all happened with North Korea and South Korea? What? Well, it's been building up for a while. It, well, it's been building up it, for fifty years. For fifty years, <laughs> but but uh, North Korea is misbehaving. You know, they have a line of communication that's just just one literal phone line. Yeah. Because they, because they don't talk to each other. They don't officially recognize the other's existence. Children. So a couple of weeks ago, North Korea just physically cut that line. <laughs> so, you know, that that is symbolic at best. But, sure. And then this, this morning, they had an, uh, this little, I think it was more like a small building, maybe a hut that was in the North Korean territory okay. that was supposed to be a liaison center for whatever liaisoning they do with the South Koreans. Yeah. And they've been threatening to blow it up for a while now. And they just went in and flattened it. So yes, it was on their own okay. territory. It was, it was a symbolic act of violence, but thank God, not a direct act of violence. Okay, so that's a lot better. I, I thought it was... Because even despite how unadvanced, how technologically retarded, and not in some socially unacceptable way to say that, but actually like technologically like retarded the nation is, they are, their growth has been retarded by their own and outside factors. They, it's known that they have like, don't they have like 1500 like artillery guns, like trained on uh, Seoul, Seoul? So it's like... It's and shells are. I mean, they're they're still the hardest thing to defend against missiles. I mean, you can track them. Hypersonics, which have been in the news lately, but shells. I mean, how cheap they are and how quickly you can fire off a salvo. Shells are still old technology that still works in terms of like you can't really protect against it unless you're in a hardened bunker. Well, they don't they they have them trained on targets. So at any given time, it's just like, I mean, there could be. And I'm sure South Korea's got missile artillery trained on those artillery, but at any given time, they can unleash a deathly salvo, an artillery barrage in downtown Seoul. So it's, that's what I thought it was. That's what I thought it was when I saw that. I was like, oh no, <laughs> oh no. But Thank God it wasn't, right? Yeah. Um, the next step, of course, is the, North Korean army, which is huge, is one yeah. of the biggest in the world, is pouring over the DMZ, and we're obligated by treaty to protect South Korea. Yes, and you know yes, the CCP is going to be behind North Korea, so it's just right. Be- and you know, we think that we have three aircraft carriers in the Pacific to intimidate China, but they'd be headed right to, to the Korean Peninsula if something like that happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Have you ever listened to um, George Carlin? Not. I always get a mess. Not. Who's the comedian? Is the comedian George Carlin? Okay, the historian Dan Carlin. Have you ever listened to Dan Carlin? I'm sorry. Okay. A little bit. Yeah. Have you ever listened to his World War One uh, podcast? 
It's like no, you know, I've never been much a World War One guy, which is surprising because my other grandfather was older and he was a soldier in World War One, but I never did. It is. Neither was I. I don't think anyone was. Yeah, my 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 mom's great grandfather. I think he or his brother died on the Western Front. But yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, it's it's so overshadowed by the Second World War. Dan Carlin's, I think it's five episodes, four hours each, called Blueprints for Armageddon, part mm-hmm. one, two, three, four, and five. Oh my God, you will be a World War One buff after that. It's I never really? was because I usually look back at it and it's just like, I mean, not not making light of war, but in terms of just like you know what interests all of us, you know, the logistics, the weapons, the World War Two is just so much sexier. It, right. it was more devastating. Helmets were much cooler. Yeah, helmets were cooler. You, you know, not biplanes. You got fighter jets. You got rockets. You got you, you know, you got the whole shebang. World War One kind of just it always it's always like yeah that was like the prelude, dude. Trench you, fighting and horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have uh, chlorine gas. Yeah, we got it. The doughboys. Okay, yeah. What, dude? Yep. Listen to this. I swear, if you start it, just start it. And that's how I started. I was like, I'll give it a try because I heard Rogan keep talking about it. I finally listened to it, man. I could not stop listening to it. I finished it, and then I started it again. So over the course of like two weeks, I listened to all 20 hours twice. It will... It is not history in the way that like you think it is. The way he presents it, and just the stories he goes into, and the descriptions, and so he's reading letters from soldiers, and he's going in and explaining it, and he's explaining it in terms of how we look back at it, World War II, and he's... You get an understanding and an appreciation for World War One. That World War One, to me now, it is now at the forefront. World War Two is like, yeah, yeah, whatever. World War Two, World War One is like, that is like, that's the shit in terms of like being interested in wars. You're at least for me, my interest completely flipped after I listened to that. Well, I may have to look into that. My Dude, my grandfather had a first shit. cousin who fell at Somme in France, and he's buried there. Yeah. So I, I looked at it a little bit from the genealogy, and I had my grandfather's doughboy helmet and some of his stuff. Oh, really? But um, my grandmother gave it to the neighbor boy. Oh. <laughs> I'm still mad about that. <laughs> that's how that's how this stuff tends to happen. Um, but that was a pre-modern medicine war. Yeah. So battlefield medicine must have been Dude. mostly just amputations, right? Dude. You need to listen to this. It is apparently this is where Tolkien got a lot of his inspiration for um, constructing Middle Earth. Really? And, yeah. And then Carlin talks about that. This isn't like my opinion on it. He talks about because you can get letters from or like journal entries from Tolkien and you hear about it and the way it's just, and you're just like, this is Middle Earth. You're like, these are the orcs. This is like the siege. But it's what do in the psychological and just like. It was like the first industrialized war. So you right. have this. He talks about this, and, and there's you can't spoil it. Is there's this like there's almost this like hangover from like Revolutionary War, like Napoleonic War, Franco-Prussian War, I believe. There's this sort of like hangover of like we will you know there's this romantic delusion like we will thrust into battle on our horses and you know and we will have we'll we'll save the day and then we'll all go back and drink our beers and be heroes and it's you know and we will stand up with our bugles and there's just this romantic because it's all these guys that have never left their village there's no internet no one knows anything and it's right. 
And then he talks about that. He's like, but all of a sudden, it's not like muskets. All of a sudden, it's Maxim machine guns. And you have, mm-hmm. and you have horses, but now all of a sudden, there are tanks. And he's like, and, you know, the, the, what was it? He said Napoleon bragged. He's like, I spend 40,000 lives a month. And he's like, there are these battles, and in the first 12 hours, there's 100,000 dead. He's like, uh, these guys have been stockpiling shells for years. I'm, I'm going to have to listen to it again. I'm getting worked up. He's like, they stockpile shells for years, and it's like Napoleon, like his, like his fearful artillery. I know I'm butchering the numbers, but he's like, he had these eight pound and even 16 pound shells, and he could, or uh, cannonballs, and these were devastating, and they could shoot up to like a thousand yards. And then he's talking about these railway railway guns, the Paris gun. He's like, these things are shooting shells a thousand pounds, 81, 91 miles. Wow. He's like, you know, there are these big Napoleonic battles. This battle went on for 12 hours. You know, 10,000 people died and over 20,000 cannonballs were fired. He's like, these other battles, he's like, these go on for 10 days, 30 days, a million and a half die. A hundred million shells are fired, and he's like, as you would get there's and there's there's stories about all the battles, how soldiers would as you get closer to the front lines, you'd hear drum roll fire. So all the artillery, there's so many artillery guns that they're all going off staggered that it sounds like, and he goes, but on some of the worst battles like Verdun, he said soldiers noted that this one was different than all the other battles because as you got closer. It wasn't drum roll fire. They said it sounded, you know, when you're on like a, not a beach, more so like a rugged uh, shore and you're getting closer to the beach and you can't quite see it yet, but you know how you can hear. He goes, that's what it was. There was no indistinguishable. There was no individual artillery rounds. They said, you just heard. They said, I think it was Churchill said, he's like, you just hear the roar. And you're like, what is that? You're like, oh, there are artillery shells going off so frequently that you can't tell when one started and the other stopped. Unbelievable. Dude, dude when you you we need to do skunk works first. You got to read skunk works we'll, or listen to skunk works. We'll do that. Right. Dude, right. oh my god. It is it I know people that aren't into history at all that listen to it and they're like holy shit. It is dude, it it really is like it's like I don't know. It's like teaching like a jock like you know math through using like football and like weights and they're like oh I see I get it right you know anyone that doesn't like history you're like I don't want I don't want to learn about you listen to Dan Carlin and you'll be like oh okay holy shit he, yeah I did his bit on the uh, Cold War and yeah the history of the Cold War uh-huh. and I loved it yeah dude Whew, it, oh man it dude it it is just hold the descriptions man the insanity it is like they're in this like bunker underground and like there's a gas attack and because the gas is denser than normal air it like floated down into this underground bunker oh and they had all these it was like a sick bay so they had you know it was it was like a hundred by four wide bunk beds and they all had candles yeah. And as the as the smoke was creeping down, it was snuffing out the candles. Oh. One row at it. So it was literally death was coming. People were screaming and putting on their gas masks. Some were just punching others and taking their gas masks. And some who were so injured that they knew they weren't going to escape, he said they just flopped down on the ground. Let's get it over with. 
Dude, that is just one of these things. There's twenty. This is it's twenty hours of material, and it's not, it's not like long winded. Like, oh, that could have been two hours. It could have been fifty hours, and I'd still listen to it. It is, it is something that I mean, really, dude. It it stuck with me. It wasn't just like this is interesting. I mean, I remember listening to it, and I was, I was in like a little bit of a gray area for like a week because I was just like, holy shit. Like, holy shit. Some of these guys were like 14 years old. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. Man, I don't know why the hell we got into that, but it's... Um, it sounds like great art- stuff. Artillery, artillery. North Korea. Yes. yes, that is how we did it. Yes, that is how it happened. That is the, the post-game report. Yeah, I did the, the, the slaughter on the mass scale of trench warfare. I get that, and... The other stuff, I'll, I'll definitely listen to it because I would love to. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it is. Oh. Do whatever you want, man. I know I'm always sending you books. I'm like, Paul, this is your homework, and I want you to be like, <laughs> "Fuck this kid, stop sending me shit." It's it's surprise kill vanish was good by any Jacobson. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's good enough for a podcast episode. I because I did a podcast episode with two guys yesterday, Dale Comstock and Joe Teddy, who definitely didn't wink wink nudge nudge, may or may not have worked for the CIA, who may or may not have a ground branch that may or may not be involved in assassination. We kind of went through a lot of it yesterday. I don't know, I think I think Annie Jacobson's book I think that could have been like two chapters. This is kind of the same thing again and again. You get it. You're like you're like I get it. No insignia. It's black operations. They report directly to the president. They recruit from Delta Force and SEAL Team Six. It is the pinnacle. It is it's not the tip of the spear, it's the glint of light on the tip of the spear. It is right. Yeah. They were in Afghanistan like four days after nine eleven. Like they the real yeah. life James Bond then. That's that's how Dale Comstock he's like, Man, I can't I can't tell you this shit, but he's like James Bond, like Jason Bourne. He's like, that's what we were doing, you know, having an having an umbrella that that is actually a satellite dish, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like holy shit. But yeah, that being said, so I'm not, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, I'm not sure if it's worth. It's, if you want to, I would, but I mean, I don't think it's a, it's not as riveting as like Paperclip, um, but Skunk Works. I know you said that 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 interests you more. I love that stuff, dude. Oh man, it the F one seventeen man. The amount of shit. A lot of the guys at Skunk Works. Actually, I won't. Let's save that. We'll save that for for yeah, okay. for next week. That one is. But so let's bring it back to uh, current. Um, what all has been going on between India and China? Because I I remember you mentioned that a couple episodes ago, and it kind of went over my head. I was like, yeah, there's. I, I was just figuring, but then I remember, in my mind, I think I converted it to India and Pakistan, which has been an ongoing thing forever. But you just said so China again. Yeah. It's India and China. You bet it is, and that's been going on for many, many, many years. But this is the biggest conflict uh, since 1967. Oh shit. So they've got disputed border in the Kashmir area, and 20 Indian soldiers were killed. Uh-oh. Think about that. If 20 American soldiers were killed by the Canadians in, oh, a, in Operation a Rolling Thunder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we would. Exactly. 
we would blot out the sun with our B-52s. Well, absolutely right. And and what is India going to do? I mean, these are two countries with a population of a billion plus. Each. Each. Yeah. So imagine war between them, two nuclear-capable countries with a billion-plus people. They both have massive military force. Yeah. Massive. Now, most of it is ex-Soviet stuff. Sure. But they do have some really cutting-edge technology like the Su-35. Yeah. The MiG-29. Uh, they do have small numbers of those those uh, fighters and attack craft. and. What a conflict it would be. I mean, yeah, China, they've got to avoid it at all costs. China's doing so much to try and expand their influence. And here's India right on their border, which is why you might have noticed the American diplomacy has shifted with regard to India. Because we need India as a counterweight. To, to China, yeah. We can't have them falling. Yeah, you're no. right. That's like, yeah, that's like propping up, that's like propping up uh, West Europe to like keep the the soviet block at bay you're right it's not that different and but both india and china have always been russian clients essentially Mm -hmm. as far as military and and alliances go but the indians have been looking more and more to the west maybe something will happen and not in i don't mean that in the uh, i don't mean that i'm like oh let's watch what happens so much as i don't know it's always it's always interesting to see shifts occur. Who knows? Is is India the new? I mean, because it's yesterday's enemies are are tomorrow's allies. I mean, we know that with the Mujahideen and Osama bin yes. Laden. I mean, he was on the front page of the New York Times with a quote from Reagan saying, "Like America's friend, freedom fighter." And then, yeah. and then when we kill him in 2011, there was literally a crowd in front of the White House chanting, "Obama, Obama, we fucking killed Osama." I mean. I remember, I remember, I was living in Valdosta, Georgia at the time, and living in the Pie Cap frat house on Baytree Road. If anyone's down there listening, and I would always go to the gym at like five in the morning. And SAE was come out of our door, and they were to the left, and they had a big ass, cool like marble lion on like a podium. And mm-hmm. my buddy Corey was out there, and I just figured he had been boozing all night because every once in a while, you know, college town, you go to the gym at five a.m. Every once in a while, you, you catch some stragglers who <laughs> are still up sure. from the night before. But but Corey was a pretty he's a pretty tame guy, and I saw him out there painting the painting the lion, and I was like, I th- at first I thought it was like a pledge, just doing some bullshit. But I, yeah. I recognized Corey's just like gait. I don't know, maybe the way his feet. I could just I was like Corey, and he looked at me and he like held up a beer. But it's like a Tuesday or something, and I was like, what are you? And as I and as like. I shifted, and the street light wasn't behind it. I could see the light on the lion better. And he was painting it red, white, and blue. And I was like, what's the occasion? And he just goes, we got him. And, like, he didn't even need to sit. Like, I instantly understood. And I was like, we got him. And I, like, went to the gym, and I saw some like, dude, like, some early morning shift. And I like, looked at him, and I was like, we got him. And he's like, we got him. And <laughs> that being said, so Osama from Freedom Fighter, America's Friends, to... We got him. We that's how quickly things shift. Quick twenty years isn't quick, but I mean it is quick. Is I'm sorry, I'm not letting you talk. I'm I'm just I'm junk. You got to fight back. You got to fight back, Paul. You got to <laughs> well, you got to hop well, in. All right. I, I don't know about that, but 
India has never been real close with the United States, and it could be a huge shift. Think about the yeah. the um, the marketplace there for American products. I mean, I don't know. I've never been to India, but I know that a lot of it, like China, is really poor and really yeah. third world and really underdeveloped. Yeah. And there's a, there's a lot that could be done there uh, as far as an alliance for America, because India is so similar to to China in a lot of ways, not only in their size, not only in their location, but they also are armed with all these former Soviet weapons. India also has a former uh, Soviet aircraft carrier that they finally got onto the ocean. Uh, And and so they've been struggling with that whole mess, just like the Chinese have. And the Chinese are, are more advanced, but so similar in a lot of ways. And they could very easily, this thing could go off just like a tinderbox. Uh, I hope not. 20 soldiers. I, the Chinese did not release their casualties, just said that they had casualties. Ugh. Ugh. It's, I mean, there is a certain beauty to mutually assured destruction in that here we are, like, uh, 67, 70, 75 years, right? 75 years after. 1945? I can't do math. Is that right? 75 years and it hasn't been World War III yet. That's not right. saying it's been peaceful. There's been a lot of proxy wars. Vietnam, Russia and Afghanistan, Desert Storm, Grenada, Korea. War on Terror, Korea. By no means has been peaceful. But in terms of, of an all-out slugfest, there is a certain nod you have to give to mutual assured destruction. No one's gone... We've we fought, but no one has gone... No one's been swinging for the fences because you can't. You can't do it well, anymore. Yeah. But the problem with that doctrine with China and and uh, India is we're not either side. Yeah. We just get out but because of their fight. Yeah, yeah. Well, and because of that, it would be our fight. Yeah. And so we would have to be... Shit, man. I bet there's some denied black ops shit going on right now. Oh, I bet you that we I'm, would just love to see them skirmishing with each other more and more on the border. Just get in there and fuck some shit up. It's always yeah, beneficial. Know, they're, they're over here stealing our stuff, our blueprints for our F-35. And yeah. Anything they can literally get their hands on. Yeah. Dirty. I don't think we're not over there trying to stir the pot. Cause yeah. We certainly are. We got nothing to steal from them because they just steal our shit. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but, yeah, so you're right. Value. Yeah. But, uh, but nevertheless, we could do a lot of harm to them. Sure. And we're trying to sell the Indians our F-18s and, and yeah. all kinds of advanced technology. So they, India would probably be well-suited. You know, they, they have claimed, India has claimed that they're able to track the J-20, the, the Chinese mm-hmm. stealth fighter, the mighty dragon, yeah. in this area, as a matter of fact. And I don't know how many of those things exist, less than 20, but they're down there. So that tells you something about how important strategically this little fight is to China, that they have their showpiece stealth fighter down there, and the Indians are claiming they are able to track it with their low-frequency radars. Hmm. Well, China is also you never know what's I guess they're less than North Korea in terms of just bluffing, but don't they have their own knockoff B-2 that is in development? Supposed to be flying in the next year. But keep in mind, when the B-2 was designed, we're talking about the 1980s. Yeah, 89, I believe, was... Now, 40 years later, China's saying, hey, we can do that, too. Yeah, hey, congratulations. 
Yeah, 40 years. Yeah. And the B-21 will be on the tarmac within the next 12 months. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which puzzles me because when did they announce it? Like 19, 2017 or something like that? The B-21 Raider? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, five years later, we have it? I imagine they've been developing it since 89. Maybe yeah, right. I think they've probably just gotten a lot better at tightening up the leaks. Yeah. Right? Because normally, yeah, you're right. Normally it's... Like rail guns, there was really no way to hide rail guns. I remember reading about them in 2003 in a popular mechanics thing. There's, you know, you can only hide this thing that requires an entire power plant to, you know. Mm-hmm. Man, maybe, I think that's what it is. It, that's yeah, a good observation is they, yeah, we announced it and now we have it. I think they've probably just gotten better at, at plugging the leaks. Uh, yeah, I think so too, and and that thing is going to be such an advance. And what we know about it is a tiny fraction. Oh yeah, of what it can really do. Uh, I think it'll probably uh, have a bunch of loyal wingmen that accompany it. It'll have limited air-to-air capability, tanker capability. As far as seeing it, it'll it'll be as invisible as anything can imagine. They're probably at a point where it's... E2. You know, being Reagan's hometown, we get some advantages. And one of them is, on Reagan's birthday last year, they flew a B2 over Dixon. Oh, yeah? And, man, is that awe-inspiring. I would love to see one. I've heard... Oh, wow. I've seen people comment on Reddit before about seeing them. And they're like, dude, it's a UFO. It is. They're like, dude, it is. They're like, it's not so much a... It's not so much that it's colored black so much as there is a shape that is absent of light in the sky. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's just so spooky and awe-inspiring. Oh, I'd love to and see And silent. Total silence, you know. Just I'd love to see that thing, man. I'll have to dig up the pictures I took Please that day. Do. I got out my biggest lens and Please got do. Man, that's really, really cool. So I think that uh, we're going to see that. It's probably flying already, even though they're telling us, well, we'll have a prototype in the next year. Wow. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's it's already at Area 51 or wherever they've got it, Edwards or wherever. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, because the B-2, if I can remember correctly from the documentary I watched, it was... At the last moment, and last moment is relative in terms of its development. This could have been the last year of its development. They they took it from being a, a high-flying bomber, and they needed it to be able to go in close to the deck, So, yeah. which was with the B-1B. It was also, it's got the swept wings, right? It can come in and then just, it can do the sprint right deep into the Soviets. At, I think they said it can, like, 200, 300 feet above the ground. <laughs> just that that thing tearing by at Mach 1, Mach 2. But apparently, towards the end, they realized they wanted the B-2 to be able to do this as well. And not necessarily right on the deck, but I think under 10,000 feet. And I could be butchering that. But I believe they, they changed its capabilities to they want it to fly at, you know, 40, 45,000 feet, be able to come in really low. And then the Soviets fell two years later. And But so apparently they want to go back to the original plan with the B-21. And they're just like, this thing's going to be like a like a 70,000 footer. This thing's just yes. going to float up there. Gotta get that U-2, not quite at the same height as the SR-71, but apparently they just want this thing just way up there. And it's also going to have like node capabilities where 
it will almost be able to act as like an AWACS. Yes. Yeah. And, and pilot look. Yeah, and drone capabilities. Mm-hmm. Man, if that's not how Skynet starts. You're right. Because how the hell would we track it? How would Why? we track it if it went rogue? We wouldn't be able to. I <laughs> guess we'd have to we'd probably send the F-119 out there with its air-to-air. Yeah, 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 right? It's the only thing that could go find it. Yeah. So, have you ever heard of the... Um, are you familiar with the uh, the Phoenix Lights, the UFO sighting in... Um, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. 1997. My favorite UFO sighting, just because it's... It's like... It's it's a crazy UFO sighting, but it's so like less fantastic than all the others, which makes it seem like a little more. I don't know. It's got like feet or legs. I don't know what the right. It's got some like it's a little more based in reality. Not only that, but like ten thousand independent VHS videos of this thing. Yes. And the governor, who I, I want to try to get on this podcast. I've never seen him on a podcast before. Fife Symington at the time, who was retired Air Force, and he apparently was putting in like requests to the air force because he was like i this has to be a ufo because he was like this thing someone said because it had the shape of a b2 roughly it was more uh geometric but he said it had the shape of like b2 and someone said oh you're referring to our b2 bomber that's probably what it was and he said no this thing was silent it was at at one point it was moving probably no more than 10 miles an hour right and three he goes and most importantly you could land our entire fleet of b2s on the wings of this thing right he said if you he said he held up a newspaper at arm's length and it couldn't cover it Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so they estimated that it was i think on the low end they think it was like 1800 feet wide on the high end up to a mile but i saw some graphic that is obviously it's not going to be based in any reality but i like to suspend my disbelief and run with it it's uh it's called the the northrop grumman tr6 telos t-e-l-o-s yes and it's um it's basically it's like the same shape as the b2 but it's something like 500 feet long yeah like 900 feet wide i I think they talk about how it it has like um active camouflage so it's like see-through so you just see the stars and um they're like yeah and it 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 has it flies at like 120,000 feet and they said just loiters for like days and we and granted this is all like fan fiction lore but i don't care i take it as fact because i want it to be fact but it's (laughs) i love the idea of it yeah and it its wings like fold up for stowage when it comes back on a couple u.s bases but i love the idea that made me think of like the node thing with the b21 because they said what this is is it was just it was like the middle ground between a spy plane and a spy satellite it was more maneuverable over cashmere right now darren to determine what's going to happen with china yeah absolutely i I wouldn't be a bit surprised oh yeah i mean well, I, yeah, I don't know what you know. What we got our eye because yeah, you wanna you wanna see if China will unveil anything new. I'm sure there's just I'm sure the NSA is just going ham right now. I'm sure sure it's just like uh, an electro what is it e-sig elint electronic intelligence. Yes, I'm sure it's just an elint buffet right now. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, I don't, as far as Chinese hardware goes, I, they, they've improved so much, but they're still so far behind us. And the, all the hand wringing in the press about how the Chinese have caught us with the with the, the Navy and they've passed us with the number of ships and and they've caught us with the Air Force on it's just nonsense. Yeah, that's that's driving up. I think that's just to shift public opinion so everyone's cool and we allot another hundred billion in the Pentagon. <laughs> it's. Yeah, I think you're absolutely yeah. right because yeah. I'll tell you what. If I had to bet my life on a J twenty or an F twenty two. I would have no hesitation. I would bet me and my loved one's life on it. And in a way, we do. <laughs> Just by... We, we, we do, but, you know, think about the... Again, the F-22 is a 1990s technology. What are and you... And the J-20 is very much a 2010s, 20-teens. So they're 30 years behind. 1990, 1990 on paper. Yeah. What, 1990s... It's not the same as like nineteen ninety dollars because nineteen ninety American cutting edge, yeah, that is like twenty twenty China China cutting edge. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that what you meant to say? Yes. Oh, I thought you were saying we were thirty years behind. I was like, wait, no, oh, no, no, it's yeah. the opposite of what we found when we captured the Nazi weapons. Yeah, 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 yeah. We are we're twenty or thirty <laughs> years in advance, and they're. The, the, the Chinese are trying to flex their muscles with the J-20 and the, the J-31 and the, the aircraft carriers. I'm telling you, they just don't match up. They don't. They just don't match up capability-wise. So they can't afford to upset us right now, I don't think. They got too much going on in their own backyard. To me, that that is what gives more credibility on the whole, I don't think it's very credible, but in terms of relative credibility, that's what I, that's where I kind of lean towards with the idea of COVID being a bioweapon. Um, the fact, the Delta Force and the, the ground branch guys, they both said they think it is. The former Air Force historians, the Air Force intelligence guys, they all think it is. But also, they are all, like myself, more right-leaning, and you're much more cognitively or unconsciously cognitive dissonance you're going to say anything that supports the guy you like so you got to bring that into experience or not into experience into into the equation but if we're on talking about the tr6 telos and, and the phoenix lights why not slap on this tinfoil cap what would be a better tactical move than to release covid because you know you can't go toe-to-toe with our military what better and way than it's a low low cost yeah because they can boot theirs back up they're not worried about it they got a billion and a half people and they don't care if whoever dies they don't give a shit they know they can get back up to that cheap market that that cheap human labor like they know that the, that they'll always be not like the ukrainian bread basket they're like the hello kitty basket of the world they produce the shit <laughs> 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 they produce the shit and they always know they'll be able to produce the, produce the shit right yeah. yeah yeah but here's what's scary about that if that were true if we knew at some level of government that the Chinese deliberately released this to cripple the world economy they would we would never be told that we would never no, you that. would never be told that you would never be told that and that's correct never because we would never admit that kind of vulnerability yeah you're absolutely right. You would, yeah. You, we would not. I was finishing up Surprise Kill Vanish by Annie Jacobson, 
I didn't know this. Did you know that there was an almost successful assassination on George H.W. Bush while in the Middle East? Well, he, it was after he was president, but apparently the head of Secret Service, Lou Merletti, got got like a, a heads up from uh, the NSA in the area who said they picked up they picked up um, some just like key words, and Lou Merletti was the only one that actually had the authority to shift the whole motorcade. He was the top oh, dog, geez. and so he said he said you know, and because it's the Secret Service, you know, everywhere they go, they got nine alternative routes. So he said. Right. Like just very like keep it below radar. He's like, look, we're, you know, we're going to Route B, and they do that all the time. So not even the drivers know if this is real or a test. It's you know just keep them guessing. But apparently, we went in afterwards. Us and I think uh, the Mossad. We went in with Israel, and we found a big old fucking bomb right under that we were going to go over, and uh. so they they pl- they plugged that hole, and then they said. It was classified, I guess, up until up until this book, because they're like, we can't let people know of vulnerabilities. No. Yeah. So you're right. No. If we knew about COVID, the last thing we're gonna do is say this was them, because that just, yeah, the the emperor has no clothes, right? All of a sudden, we're not we're not the fortress. We're not America. That's right. We no longer are, and and they steal all our stuff. They're taking over more and more territory all the time. They're threatening American ships and the freedom of navigation. Mm. They're buzzing American planes. And now, perhaps, they're actually reaching out to us individually and making us all sick. Yeah, potentially. Are they, you know, do they have a hand in, in the riots going on right now? I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Just, just like the Russians. And just. During- and just like it, yeah, and for anyone saying, "Oh, that's xenophobic," hey, just like you bet your ass we're over there in India right now, <laughs> just just yeah. poke him, just get get some oxygen into that fire, <sighs> get it going. Oh yeah. So and yeah, forty five Chinese or forty five American scientists just fired because it came out they were on the payroll of the the Chinese government. Yeah. What about that Harvard uh, biomedical microbiology professor Reese? Who took five million dollars that orig- the payment originated in the Wuhan lab? Yeah. What the fuck? Right. What right. the fuck is that, man? Well, we can agree for sure that whatever the truth is about this virus, they're not going to tell us. We know we won't know. Not something this big. This isn't. Yeah, this isn't a bomb under the bridge. This is. Yeah, you can't reveal that. A hundred thousand dead plus in America alone. Hundred and seventeen. Yeah, the the uh, essentially the murder of our of our economy at its strongest point, maybe ever. Yeah, but man, from a military perspective, it's a brilliant move. Oh yeah, because you wipe out everyone gets hurt, so it's almost like you know you fart and then you don't say who did it. No one knows who did it. It just smells like shit, right? Well, we kind of know who did it. Where did it start? Where did it start? Wuhan, but. If you start going down that road, all of a sudden that opens up doors to, was that us? Was that us saying, let's release this and make it look like China? Because if, if it starts in Wuhan, everyone's going to say, oh, it must be China, right? So it's once you go down that road, you got to open up to all possibilities. And once you get into intelligence operations, man, it really is just a forest of mirrors. It's what is what? Who did what? I cannot, I guess I'm just not open-minded enough. I cannot picture the United States 
releasing a deadly virus in another country and taking no precautions to preventing it from coming here and, and killing thousands of Americans, wiping out our economy, paralyzing our military. I mean, that yeah, seems... No, I don't. I mean, I'm with you. I don't. I don't want to believe it. I. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just the way I look at it is: is, is if we're going to be open to this being an operation like that, you then have to be open to all possibilities. Maybe it's not us. Maybe it's the KGB. Maybe, maybe it's Madagascar. Don't sleep on Madagascar. You know, it's whoever, right? It's maybe it's a disgruntled guy. Maybe it's some. You know, just sold to the highest bidder. He didn't, you know, necessarily care. Maybe it's just some Harvard guy that's just, you know, he didn't give a shit. He just who's that? Who's that double agent for the FBI that was working for the KGB? R- Richard Hansen, Robert Hansen, Robert Hansen, yes, ADX well, Florence, in, uh, Flomax, right yeah, now. ADX <laughs> Florence, yeah, he's he's in he's in the clean version of hell. But yes, didn't he apparently do it because he was just good cash? Yeah, it wasn't even an ideological thing. Not at all. It was just business. It was just cash. That's what I mean. Maybe there's some dude that made this this custom virus, this coronavirus. Maybe it was just fucking business. He thought, you know, whatever, we'd use it to... Maybe he thought it was like an assassination weapon, like a plutonium dart, like whatever. I'm not going to ask questions. I don't give a shit. It's It's the black world. Maybe it was a specific weapon, but maybe none of this was what was implied. Maybe something went horribly, horribly wrong. You know, maybe it was... Maybe it was a weapon that was never supposed to leave the lab. Just like we have smallpox at the CDC, and I believe Russia has one at their equivalent. So we do make these weapons. Sure they do. Yeah, and it concerns me because they're going to hang on to it like we're hanging on to it. Uh, I don't trust them, frankly. Yeah, and I'm sure the Chinese have got a similar stuff with with uh, smallpox and TB, yeah, and polio, bubonic and plague, all kinds of Ebola. I'm sure they do, man. It's, but yeah, there. It's an odd one to think about because everyone has been so fucked by it. It's really hard to see the strategic, because everyone. Really, everyone, mm-hmm. even China. So it's could it have started one way and the operations botched and they didn't think it would be this bad? Did it mutate? Did it? Was it someone? Was it a third party? Was it? Was it Russia? Was it Pakistan? Was it someone? Let's put it here, make it look like a U.S. China thing. I don't know. Like. Once you get into the, once you start entertaining the ideas of it being like black ops, you kind of, I don't know, credibility kind of goes away because it just opens up the door to everything, right? You're right. It really, really does. Once you enter that world, everything is dark and you you just, you have to treat all possibilities. But man, at the same time, if we're willing to take in all these Nazis in 1945, some of them head up NASA. I mean, some of them become like beloved figures. That was just business. Not well, not really. That was national security. But that we being said, no yeah. Well, so could this have been? We had no choice. 
is there something even deeper and darker and for anyone listening for factual uh, conversation just tune out now is <laughs> was there something deeper and like one of my favorite ideas is um me and my friend sort of created this like faux background story but the reason why we're still in uh the middle east is um is there's like a like an ancient there's like a, a stargate in the middle east <laughs> some ancient technology and we're like we gotta go there and like the only way that the plan was like okay we'll invade afghanistan and then by proxy go to iraq how do we get to afghanistan and it's not that we planned 9-11 so much as we caught it going through and we were like we just let this go through and it's like we're gonna let this happen and it's like because this will save billions of lives so it's sort of like you know it's a deal with the devil it's all bullshit but it's I don't know. That's one idea I like to entertain. Not that far fetched, my friend. I think, I think it's pretty well established that Roosevelt provoked the Japanese because there was no other way out of the depression economy than war. Yeah, and I mean that sounds like a pretty radical thing to say, but I bet you, if if you gave me a couple of days, I could substantiate that statement. War is the engine of progress, man. Yeah, it is. And not only that, we're we just gonna sit back and just. Technically, we're not going to declare war because Nazi Germany hasn't done anything to us as the beast is just slowly just crawling over Europe. Like, we're just going to be like, well, they're, they're not touching us yet. You know, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. Right. You know, was, did we need a reason to go get in there and be like, hey, like, let's get this over with. And do you sacrifice 3000 lives in Pearl Harbor knowing that it's going to give us a reason to go over there and stop Nazi Germany and potentially save a billion lives i don't know it's i'm glad i don't make those decisions i think it was i think it was more designed to reboot the economy necessarily and of course roosevelt wanted to help england uh but uh, that was very much a deal with the devil as well yeah no different than what you're talking about yeah no more far-fetched yeah i mean was nine eleven? I don't think the when it, when entertaining these ideas, you could do uh, twelve more minutes, and yeah. at five thirty, cool. But yeah, when I think about nine eleven and the idea of it of it not being what we think it is, I never think that it was we planned it. it is, it's too intricate. What I think is much more plausible is our trillion dollar surveillance network picked it up and said why don't we as someone that has done security at the bar I've, shit, I've had guys be like hey man I'm gonna give you $20 if you don't kick out my like passed out friend but yeah sure so I'll look the other way so right. could it be where we were like here's this thing like here's this organic terrorist attack that really was designed and planned in the Middle East we could squash them like bugs do we let this go through because that will give us the justification to go do this and then once we're in the Middle East, we have an excuse to put a 500,000 soldiers over there and a huge presence and a $5 trillion checkbook. We'll be able to whatever the thing is. So did we get it? <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Is- Who knows? Maybe we got it. Maybe we got it five years ago. And right now we're still just like playing the part. So right? the Ark of the Covenant sitting somewhere in a cave in Virginia? No, I think it would definitely be in like NORAD or something. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, NORAD or Tonopah. I think it would be, it would be where, it, yeah, Ark of the Covenant, maybe a Stargate. Who knows, man? It's 
it's just fuck it. We'll just keep going down. The, we're already walking down this road, so let's just start running. Bob Lazar said that the uh, the UFO at Area 51 Groom Lake, he said it was uncovered. It didn't crash, that it was uncovered in an archaeological site. And he said they had seven or nine, maybe it was 13 out there, said they were all uncovered over the years. And we would yeah. buy them off of other nations. Yeah. You know, well, shit, man. If you have this thing that is as far advanced to us as Wi-Fi is to the barbarians and you discover one in Iraq, I don't know, man. And whoever uncovers that is now going to have the technology of the gods. Do you make a 9-11 sacrifice and 5,000 American troops and we'll go over there and it's you bring that thing back over here is that is that what COVID is we needed for whatever reason you had to have something i don't know what it would be it's i mean once you start to get to this area you have to acknowledge that like you're going in for fun like grab your popcorn there's no this isn't based in anything well we better drag in the deep state and the rothschilds and oh yeah the illuminati yeah oh no we get in there deep yeah bring in apollo bring it all in let's just dump it all in and stir it around <laughs> we need it all in there yeah the united nations and the blue helmets the blue yeah yeah man it's it's shit while we're here we got nine more minutes it it's is there is there something on like the backside of the moon is that what the race was i like the idea the transformers take transformers 3 darker the moon you had to get there because there is an alien crash and we had to get that te- what they have their cgi jfk we need to get there we need to beat the soviets it's <laughs> well isn't that the nazi base back there I th- that's what i thought yeah oh yeah yeah right iron sky yeah no the idea yeah. for transformers 3 darker the moon my favorite transformers is that there is a ufo crash or a ufo a an alien ship crashed yeah ufo crash right. up there and we detect it and we need a reason to go up there and speaking of sequels i have to show you this yeah look this behind me you see the lucite case right there uh-huh that is screen used klingon disruptor from star trek into darkness how the fuck did you get that oh i just you know auctions you great greet grease some hands grease some hands and there it is sits between a couple of my favorite batman that's badass yeah i was looking at the one behind you the batman poster directly Mm -hmm. behind you yeah i saw your bat signed by all the cast members that's what i thought i was gonna ask that yeah yeah that's one of my prized possessions you you got quite the man cave going on there I've got a lot of stuff. Man, as this podcast grows and I can eventually build my own, like, office studio, yeah, definitely going to just fill it with a ton of crazy shit. Yeah. That's what I've got. I, right out, right outside my door, i got a life-size Deadpool standing there. You showed me that. That's badass. And, yeah, yeah, I showed you that stuff. So I've got a lot of – I love that kind of stuff. Hell yeah, man. But yeah, one of my – There's boys. a few Batman cowls up there. Yeah, yeah. I saw them earlier before you changed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. You ever listen to uh, Kevin Smith's? Uh, oh, Batman on Batman. Bat- yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, my brother, my 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 older deceased older brother John. But man, back in like 2012, 13, when we drive from Atlanta up to Maryland for like Christmas break, he, we would always listen to Smodcast, Smodcast. Yeah. And dude, we used to just laugh until we were purple in the face because Kevin Smith would tie everything back to Batman. Right. <laughs> you just. Right? Be like, no, but this is Batman because look, Batman's any like, and it was so well thought out and it was so sincere that I, I still, I still just like 
like choke. I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jason Mewes and Batman, or Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. Blunt Man and Chronic. Yeah. Yeah. Listening to Kevin Smith on Joe Rogan last year was actually what was actually like the final domino that pushed me over to like, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to start a podcast. Yeah, I'm so glad you did. Thank you, I man. Really Thank you. I heard him talking to Rogan, and he was like, you just gave me a tour of your, like, new studio? And Rogan was like, hey, man, like, you got me into this, because Smodcast was one of the original. Smodcast was almost like, um, well, Opie and Anthony wasn't really a podcast. Smodcast was, like, one of the OGs. Right. Back Opie when, and Anthony, that was, that was radio. That was XM Radio, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Smodcast was the original. But Rogan was like, man, you got me into this, and remember kevin smith saying because i think i told you i've been debating making one since like 2015 gave it a shot in 2017 did like two episodes and was like nah, no nah, it's not for me but i was listening to kevin smith last fall and rogan was giving him a tour through the new studio and he was like man this is just a big old playground and they're going on and on i was just thinking like yeah i get it yeah you guys are both rich and get to do whatever the fuck you want but kevin smith goes Man, you built this place with your mouth. You just talked, and it eventually led to ad money and contracts. He goes, for anyone listening to this that's debating starting a podcast, just do it. Because here I am, and I remember listening to that, and I was like, and as you know, my brother John loves him, and I'm, 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 that's what helps me deal with his passing. I'm always looking for meanings and symbolism that may not necessarily be there. I was like, fuck it. This is, this is John speaking through Kevin Smith. He's like, for anyone listening to this right now, he was literally, I was like, God damn it. And he was like, just start it. If you're going to make one, just start it. He was like, me and Joe, we're not smart guys. And look what we've done. And I was just like, <sighs> still waited like two more months. But I start the gears. Things were starting to be put in motion. And I was like, it needs to start. It needs to happen. Uh, I'm so glad you did because you're so good at it. You enjoy it. And you know, you know enough about stuff to keep it interesting and moving all the time. And I really like that. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I, there's nothing I've done that I thoroughly enjoy as much as this. Like, thoroughly enjoy. Like, I've done other things, like, gotten a bodybuilding in high school, pre-med in college, Photoshop, writing. But, man, if there's something that, like, I'm, like, looking at the rest of my day, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, I got this. I got, you know, I got that. Dude, nothing gets me where I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, we're doing the yeah. thing. Like, even if it never turns into money, I fucking hope it does. But even if it never does, man, I really do think it's going to be something I do forever. Because it is, I love talking to people. Maybe I just like hearing myself talk. I love talking to people. I love listening to audiobooks and just spitting shit back and forth. It's not scripted. I mean, we went from World War One to the Illuminati on the backside of the moon. Like... Less than, in less than an hour. <laughs> that's a lot of good stuff to cram into a small piece yeah, time, isn't it? What? Yeah, that's a conspiracy story, like energy shot. It's right there. It's ready to go. It's like an MRA. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I, I have had people give me feedback on the last two uh, book episodes we did with Operation Paperclip and Raven Rock. One yeah. of the guys is like, I, I, I know he's a former Ranger. I don't know if he's a former Delta guy. I haven't got him to completely open up but uh-huh. his girlfriend was on this podcast she was a, a professional she's a professional um power lifter i think she's episode 26 or 27 melissa wow. avanesian and her and her boyfriend 
this is like a younger Comstock, just a just a fucking machine. But mm-hmm. I messaged him on Instagram. I was like, hey man, will you come on my podcast? And he was like, uh, I'm still in the army. Yeah, I don't think it'd be best. I was like, okay. But I remember posting the Operation Paperclip, and he commented, commented, he's like, this will be good. And I was like, okay, okay. And then I messaged him. I was like, hey man, I'm having on like Dale and Joe Teddy on Monday. Um, we're reading Surprise Kill Vanish. I was like, kind of sounds like it'd be up your alley. And he messaged me back, and it's just his hand holding the book. He's like way ahead of you. And I was like, okay, okay. But yeah, so he's enjoyed it. So I know, I know there are some people following. So we got another, not one more minute. But me and Paul, because we share so many similar interests, and if we don't categorize it, it will devolve into Batman and Illuminati. We <laughs> we've been choosing, <laughs> we've been choosing books of similar interest and loosely listening to them and kind of discussing it. So the next one we want to do, do you want to do it next week or do you need longer than that? Yeah. Okay. No, no, I don't want to break. Yeah. Next, so next, next, we're going to do one week from today. We're going to talk, uh, we're going to discuss Skunk Works by Ben Rich. It's about a 12 hour listen on Audible. It's fantastic. Completely nonfiction. It is, this is the former head of Skunk Works and starts with the F-117 and kind of goes back, goes to the whole history. Man, is some real life like uh, Area 51 shit and uh, we're going to talk about that next week And uh, so if you want to get that listen along and uh, I don't know we'll talk for an hour or two and just shoot the shit and then uh, and then it's Paul's turn to choose a book but um, yeah so it's a uh, it's like a much more cool bro version of like a book club it's not some Oprah shit it's all about fighter aircraft and bombs and nuclear bunkers and, and Batman and Batman and the Illuminati and the Rothschilds and yeah and and the we didn't even touch on the lizards the lizards from the star system Draco that are shape shifting lizard I can't I can't even entertain that one that one goes too far for me <laughs> I hate it I'm like you got to keep a little bit of realism in there just so I can suspend disbelief you have to have something some li- grounded yeah the uh, reptilians from Draco I I can't get behind it I'm like what. I don't know. But 5.30, I said we go for an hour, and uh, I got to prepare for my one tomorrow. But um, next Tuesday, Skunk Works by Ben Rich. Let's do it. And uh, hopefully we won't be dead from global thermonuclear war. So um, Let's let's hold out good thoughts for that. Yeah. COVID. Man, how how perfect is it that we talked about Raven Rock last week, and now it's, I bet you the cog machine's turning. Bet it is. I bet it is. China, India, North Korea. Yep, I bet you those those. If anyone's listening in any of those generators, shout out, save me a spot, and um, <laughs> get me a cot. And um, yeah. All right, Paul Wickham. Thank you, sir. As always, a fucking pleasure. And uh, I look forward to next week when we will dive deep into the black world of Skunk Works. Thank you, brother. Take care, man. Stay safe. <laughs>